This is the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast with Charlie Badwini. Welcome back to the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Badwini, and this is your number one stop for all things Jets content and news. It was a busy week in Florham Park this week. The Jets had to trim their, I think it was 75-man roster, down to 53. There was a lot of cuts across the board, some promising players, some guys who weren't moving the needle at all. But let's uh, let's break down who made the team, who did not, and some other surprise signings and waiver claims the Jets made this week during roster trims. Off the bat, uh, the biggest surprise cut from the Jets obviously has to be starting cornerback Blesson Austin. Austin was a six-round pick out of Rutgers in 2018. He was one of the last draft picks of the Mike McCagnan era. He missed the first half of the 2018 season on the PUP list, physically unable to perform due to a gruesome ACL injury he suffered in his senior year at Rutgers. But he played well at the end of that 2018 season in limited reps. 2019, he was a starter. Got burnt a couple times, didn't play too hot, and he was slated to be the the, uh, the starter opposite Bryce Hall going into 2021, all throughout training camp and whatnot. But unfortunately, does not make the cut. the The explanation given by Joe Douglas and Coach Sala were, you know, they they invested a lot of draft picks into a bunch of rookie corners in this year's past draft, and they want to give those guys a chance to perform, give them a chance to step up and prove that they uh, deserve to be on an NFL roster. So Bless gets cut loose and has a chance to latch onto a roster elsewhere, hopefully get some some playing time and development that he needs, just not here with the New York Jets. Also, correction, Bless was a 2019 draft pick, played at the end of 2019, was a starter in 2020, and got cut this past offseason. My mistake. Another cut, not necessarily unexpected, but heartbreaking because you kind of latch onto some of these guys who come on to the Jets as undrafted free agents, kind of stick around in the practice squad for a season, get some playing time in the regular season. Wide receiver Lawrence Cager, who was undrafted out of Georgia in 2020, got cut, unfortunately. He was a favorite of mine. I always thought he had really good ball skills, big body receiver, was never really just given the chance to develop, I thought, you know, going into 2021. Caught a nice touchdown from Josh Johnson uh, in the Eagles preseason game but unfortunately does not make the roster. Another surprise cut that I don't think is going to be permanent is defensive lineman Jabari Zuniga. He's dealing with a leg injury currently, and I think the Jets just cut him, hoping to sneak him on to the practice squad after he clears through waivers, unless someone claims him, which I don't think they will because he's dealing with a pretty serious injury right now. But uh, Douglas said in his press conference yesterday that the Jets are by no means done with Jabari, just trying to you know free up roster spots where they can. The Jets freed up some more roster spots by moving some guys to injured reserve, including uh, offensive lineman Connor McDermott, who suffered that leg injury in the Green Bay game, linebacker Gerard Davis, who suffered the ankle injury in the Green Bay game, and safety Ashton Davis, who's been dealing with injuries all summer long. So that freed up some roster spots, and they used those roster spots to sign a couple players, three three familiar faces and three not-so-familiar faces. Some names you might recognize, they brought back the two tight ends they cut to get to 53, Ryan Griffin and Dan Brown both come back, and so does safety Sherrod Neesman. So those guys who were cut initially were brought back after the Jets made some moves to free up some spots for them. The three new players the Jets picked up include linebacker Quincy Williams, who is the brother of Quentin Williams, our defensive tackle. He was a third-round pick for Jacksonville in 2019. Salah called him fast and violent in the presser following his signing, and he seems like a, a scheme fit for the Jets. He was let go by the Jaguars 
I think because uh, he doesn't really fit the new defensive scheme that Urban Meyer has brought to Jacksonville. Hopefully he catches on fast here and gets some, uh, some good reps in for the Jets going forward. Sheldrick Redwine was a fourth-round pick for the Browns in 2019. He's played in 27 games in two seasons for the Cleveland Browns. I guess it just wasn't really enough to make the roster after they picked up a few pieces in the secondary this past offseason. Hopefully he finds a spot maybe on special teams or maybe even on the starting defense. Now, defensive end Tim Ward is the guy that I'm most excited about as a new pickup for the Jets. He was an undrafted free agent out of Old Dominion in 2019, and he didn't play that season, but he played one game in 2020 where he had half a sack and three tackles. And then this past preseason, he was absolutely fantastic. He was one of the highest graded pass rushers according to PFF, and he had six tackles and three sacks in three games. So maybe this is the kind of guy we're looking for that's a, a low-risk, high-reward signing. He could he could get some, uh, some reps there at defensive end with all the injuries the Jets have been having. So big possibility. The Jets also made two trades this week for uh, a defensive end and trading away a tight end. So let's go into the Shaq Lawson trade first. The Jets sent the Texans a 2022 six-round pick that originally belonged to the San Francisco 49ers that they got in the Jordan Willis trade in 2020 for defensive end Shaq Lawson, who didn't even play a snap for them. The Texans traded um, Bernardic McKinney, I believe, to the Dolphins in March for Shaq Lawson. And Texans were going to cut him, so Douglas sent over just, you know, six-round pick, and he's now on the roster, hopefully our replacement for Carl Lawson. I don't think he has the same kind of, you know, engine or motor as as uh, Carl, but this Lawson, definitely still a high-level player, can get to the quarterback. Uh, last year was his first season in Miami, but the four years before that, he was in Buffalo. He was a first-round pick for them in 2016. So definitely a player with, with some high pedigree, and if anyone's the guy to, to get the most out of him, it's Rob Sala, so... Hopefully he has a productive and healthy year. The other move the Jets made was not exactly to better the roster, but to better it in the future. The Jets traded tight end Chris Herndon and their own 2022 sixth round pick to the Minnesota Vikings for their 2022 fourth round pick. I've got mixed feelings about Chris Herndon. You know, 2018, his rookie year, he played great with a rookie Sam Darnold. Really was his safety blanket throughout that entire season. He caught 39 balls for 500 yards and four touchdowns. But unfortunately, he was just never able to repeat that success in the years following. In 2019, he was suspended for the first six games due to a DUI and then cracked his ribs in the first game he came back and was done for the year. In 2020, he had some high expectations and he was struggling with drop issues the entire season. So unfortunately, the Jets decided to move on. I, I thought maybe he could have had some sort of resurgence in this offense. You know, uh, the LaFleur-Shanahan offense always it has a heavy emphasis on tight ends, and if anyone was going to benefit from that, it was it was going to be Herndon. So the Jets decided to move on. The Vikings were looking for a tight end after an injury to their starting tight end, Irv Smith Jr. I believe the Vikings run a similar offense to what the Jets are currently running, so should be a seamless transition for Herndon and wish him nothing but the best going forward. Now there's one more cut that I want to cover real quick before we move on to the AFC and NFC North predictions, and that is quarterback James Morgan, who was cut by the Jets on Tuesday, unfortunately, and decided to take his talents to Carolina, shockingly enough, our week one opponent. When the Jets cut Morgan, they had the intention of bringing him back to the practice squad, but Morgan himself chose the Carolina practice squad as he thought it was a better option than what the Jets were offering him at the moment. Now, the Panthers could have serious interest in developing James Morgan. He was a fourth-round pick in 2020. Uh, he showed some, some highlights in the preseason. Obviously, that Hail Mary was a display of his arm talent. But in reality, it's probably because the Panthers want to get a little bit of a jump on their game plan for Week 1. This kind of thing isn't new to the Jets. This happened a couple years ago. Um, 
2019, the Jets had quarterback Davis Webb as at the at the bottom of their depth chart. He was like third or fourth string, and they cut him right before week one against the Buffalo Bills. And lo and behold, the Bills scooped him up, and they were able to get some audibles, some protection adjustments, verbal cues, and parts of the game plan for the Buffalo defense. If you remember that game, you know, that probably helped him out a decent amount. So now the Jets have their 14-man practice squad, and that includes quarterback Josh Johnson, running back Josh Adams, wide receivers DJ Montgomery and Vincent Smith, tight end Kenny Yaboa, offensive lineman Jimmy Murray, Grant Armands, Isaiah Williams, defensive lineman Ronnie Blair and Tanzel Smart, linebackers Hamilcar Rashad Jr. And, uh, and Delshawn Phillips, and cornerback Lamar Jackson, and then probably Jabari Zuniga eventually. So all in all, a pretty hectic week for the Jets. Um, Chris Herndon out, Shaq Lawson in, James Morgan, a spy for the Panthers, and still a flurry of moves to make for the Jets going forward as we are now officially one week out from opening night in the NFL and 11 days out from the Jets opener in Carolina. By the way, the Jets are officially the youngest NFL roster with an average age of 25.13, and... You know, that means we're going to be playing playing fast and violent football this season, but there's going to be some lumps along the way. There's going to be some ups and downs. So with all that being said, let's get into some AFC and NFC North predictions. You're listening to the Breath of Fresh Jets with Charlie Badwini. Kicking things off in the AFC North, in first place, we have the Baltimore Ravens going 13-4 and and taking home the division. Some notable additions for the Ravens include guard Kevin Zeitler, right tackle Alejandro Villanueva, wide receiver Sammy Watkins, outside linebacker Justin Houston, wide receiver Rashad Bateman, who they drafted in the first round, and defensive end Jason Oway, who was also their second first-round pick. Some losses they suffered this offseason include outside linebacker Matt Judon, defensive end Yannick Ngakwe, center Matt Scora, right tackle Orlando Brown, and running back J.K. Dobbins, who they lost to an ACL injury this past week. The Ravens are one of the most consistent teams in all of pro football thanks to a great organizational structure. They've got a great owner, great GM, and one of the best head coaches in football in John Harbaugh. They lost a couple important pieces in the offseason, but replaced a lot of them with really solid veterans like Orlando Brown, their right tackle, requested a trade. He was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs, and they replaced him with Alejandro Villanueva, who's been playing left tackle all these years for the Steelers, but is looking to make that transition over to the right side of the line. They also added guard Kevin Zeitler after trying to replace Marshall Yonda last year, who was probably a first ballot Hall of Famer. They lost Matt Judon free agency to the Patriots and replaced him with Justin Houston, who is a reliable pass rusher. And they also really lacked uh, defensive end pieces last season. They didn't really have a pass rush. They addressed that in the draft with defensive end Jason Away. And another position they addressed in the draft was wide receiver by drafting Rashad Bateman in the first round and also signing Sammy Watkins in free agency. The Ravens' floor is a 13-4 team, but their ceiling is Super Bowl champion. If Lamar Jackson can, can, can take the next step as a passer in the NFL, everyone knows he is one of the best mobile quarterbacks of all time. He can run as fast as he wants. He can get to any end of the field as fast as he wants. He can really do whatever on the football field. But in order to win a Super Bowl, Lamar really has to take that next step and be that passer that can stay in the pocket, deliver a strike downfield, and win a game just like that. Because the Ravens are built to play ahead. When they have a lead, it's really hard to come back on them because they can just run the ball down your throat. But when they're down, things can get a little tricky for them. 
So if they're able to take that next step this year, take that next step with the offense and Lamar Jackson, they are a Super Bowl contender, and that's why I have them winning the division at 13-4. and four. Tied for first place, basically second place, are the Cleveland Browns coming in also at 13-4. and four. The Browns made some great moves this offseason, adding strong safety John Johnson, defensive end Jadavian Clowney, cornerback Troy Hill, cornerback Greg, uh, Greg Newsom, who they drafted in the first round, and linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa in the second round. They didn't really suffer too many losses. They lost some pieces on the defensive line, including Larry Ogunjobi and Sheldon Richardson, and their starting right tackle in Kendall Lamb. The Browns' only weakness last year was their secondary on their defense, that and the linebackers, and they addressed that right away in free agency in the draft. John Johnson coming over from Los Angeles and Troy Hill, both solid pieces in the secondary. Jadavian Clowney, who, when healthy, is one of the better pass rushers in football. He can just, as some people like to say, F up the play whenever he wants to, but it, the key is when he wants to. But I, I think, you know, new team, new setting, Clowney is set to break out alongside, you know, lining up on the other side of the line from Miles Garrett helps anybody in any situation. So the Browns are going to be great this year, in my opinion. They have one of the better defenses in football. And the offense, led by second-year head coach Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield, won't miss a beat from their success from last year. I mean, when you got the two running backs like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and weapons on the outside like Jarvis Landry, and who knows how OBJ is coming back from that ACL tear, but it's OBJ. He's a freak athlete. I think they're going to be one of the better teams in football this year and definitely have a chance to compete for a Super Bowl. Coming in at third place in AFC North are the Pittsburgh Steelers going 8-9. and nine. Some notable additions they received this offseason include outside linebacker Melvin Ingram, guard Trey Turner. They drafted running back Najee Harris in the first round and guard Kendrick Green in the third. Some notable losses, and these are some notable losses, include outside linebacker Bud Dupree, cornerback Mike, Mike Hilton, cornerback Steven Nelson, and left tackle Alejandro Villanueva. I think the Steelers' Super Bowl window is closed shut. Last year was really the last year they could go all in, and I think they really should have just tore it down and started the rebuild this year, but they got Big Ben for one more year on that huge contract, and I guess they're just going to go all in. They still have one of the best defenses in football, one of the better coaches in all of football, Mike Tomlin, but I just think the offense is going to be so stagnant. I mean, the offensive line took some major blows last year. They really showed their age, and they lost a few key pieces there, and it's their replacements are not looking too good, if I'm being honest. I don't think Big Ben's going to have enough time to throw. He's not mobile at all. <laughs> Najee Harris, as great of a prospect as he is, who's going to be blocking for him? Like, I, I just really don't understand the thought process there. I think the Steelers are going to be stuck in this purgatory for the next few years where Big Ben's going to retire. They're not going to have a quarterback. I mean, maybe Dwayne Haskins is the answer there, but I just think they're going to be stuck in this purgatory following the season where they're going to have a great defense and uh, – pretty pretty garbage offense and they're just going to be stuck in this middling eight and nine nine and eight kind of area for the next couple of years and i i don't have a lot of faith in the steelers and i'm selling that stock now while i can coming in at fourth place are the cincinnati Bengals going four and 13 they made some additions this offseason including defensive end trey hendrickson cornerback mike hilton cornerback chidobe awuze left tackle riley reef they drafted wide receiver Jamar Chase in the first round, offensive tackle Jackson Carmen in the second, and outside linebacker Joseph Asai in the third. They lost defensive end Carl Lawson in free agency, cornerback William Jackson, longtime receiver A.J. Green, and right tackle Bobby Hart. 
The Bengals are a year removed from losing their franchise quarterback, Joe Burrow, to an ACL injury, and I don't think he's back to 100% just yet. I'm expecting the Bengals to get off to a bit of a slow start coming into 2021. They've got a rough schedule to kick off the season, and if I were the Bengals, I would not even be messing around if Joe Burrow is not at 100%. I would honestly not even let him play until he even feels back to that 100% mark that we know he can play at. I think the Bengals made a huge mistake on drafting Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell in the first round of this past year's draft. I mean, the Bengals have a great receiving core as is. Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are both legitimate receivers in the NFL. I just don't think they needed to triple dip with Jamar Chase that early in the draft when you had a generational prospect like Sewell on the board there. The defense will probably be improved from last year. They added a few pieces like Hendrickson, Hilton, and uh, Awuze. But regardless, I think the Bengals are a bottom-of-the-barrel team, and this is uh, head coach Zach Taylor's last year in Cincinnati. I think after another disappointing losing season, the Bengals will finally cut the cord and look for a head coach who can lead Joe Burrow and make him a great starting quarterback in pro football. Moving on to the NFC North, we have in first place the Green Bay Packers going 14-3. Some notable additions for the Packers include cornerback Eric Stokes, he was their first-round selection. Center Josh Myers was their second-round pick. And wide receiver Amari Rogers was their third-round pick. Some not- notable losses for the Packers include center Corey Lindsley and running back Jamal Williams. For the Packers, they didn't really sign anybody in free agency. They're kind of cash-strapped right now. They're really pushing that salary cap to the maximum. They lost out on their all-pro center Corey Lindsley, who signed a big deal with the Chargers, and running back Jamal Williams, not really a... A big loss, but other than that, they really didn't lose or gain anybody. They're really the same team from last season, and I think they're still going to be dominant. They still have one of the best quarterbacks in football in Aaron Rodgers. In my opinion, the GOAT and Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari, all over the field, they just have fantastic players on the defensive side of the ball. Kenny Clark's one of the best nose tackles. Jair Alexander, one of the best corners. And this team is just... uh, they're, they're, they, it's, this year, it's Super Bowl or bust. The past two years have been clunkers in the NFC Championship game, and I think when Aaron Rodgers is pissed, the better he plays. So with this past offseason the Packers had with the whole drama, was Rodgers going to demand a trade? Was he going to retire to go go host Jeopardy? You know, I, I think this year is the year the Packers finally make that move to the Super Bowl and maybe even win it. You know, this is this is probably Aaron Rodgers' last year in Green Bay, and they got to make it count. Coming in at second place in the NFC North, we have the Minnesota Vikings going 12-5. and Some notable additions for the Vikings include defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson, cornerback Patrick Peterson, defensive end Everson Griffin, their first-round pick Christian Derisaw, offensive tackle, quarterback Kellen Mond in the third round, and guard Wyatt Davis in the third round. Some notable losses include tight end Kyle Rudolph and free safety Anthony Harris. If you look at the Vikings the past couple years, the the pattern for them has been miss the playoffs, make the playoffs, miss the playoffs, make the playoffs. And what did the Vikings do last year? They missed the playoffs. And this year, they're going to be making them with, a, I would say, a, a pretty improved roster. They made some adjustments to the offensive line. They added some youth up front to give them some more athleticism. Dalvin Cook's one of the best running backs in all of football. And Kirk Cousins, say what you will about him, he is also like a a pretty solid starting quarterback in the NFL. He can win some games, and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen on the outside are some lethal weapons. Not to mention, 
all-star tight end Chris Herndon making his debut in Minnesota this week. Mike Zimmer is one of the better defensive head coaches in football, and he is definitely going to make sure that defense is up and running. And I think the Vikings go 12-5. and 5. 12 wins is definitely enough for a playoff berth and maybe do some damage. Coming in at third place in the NFC North, we have the Chicago Bears going 3-14. and 14. Some notable additions to the Chicago Bears include quarterback Andy Dalton, quarterback Justin Fields, who was their first-round pick, left tackle Jason Peters, and offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins in the second round. Some notable losses for the Bears, and I mean notable, include cornerback Kyle Fuller, defensive tackle Roy Robertson-Harris, left tackle Charles Leno, and running back-slash-kick returner Cordero Patterson, and wide receiver Anthony Miller. Everyone knows the deal with the Bears starting quarterback job right now. Apparently, Matt Nagy promised that to Andy Dalton when they signed him in free agency this past offseason, but that was before they were able to draft Justin Fields in the first round of the 2020 draft. Bears fans and football fans everywhere have been clamoring to the Bears to, why would you even think about starting Andy Dalton over Justin Fields, who has shown out in the preseason? Wouldn't you want to get your rookie quarterback out there? I mean, as of right now, the only two rookie quarterbacks not starting week one are going to be Justin Fields and Trey Lance. And Trey Lance, I guess you could have a a, a decent argument why he shouldn't be starting, but Justin Fields, there is no excuse for the Bears there. Why would you not want to get your future started right now? You know what I'm saying? But regardless, the Bears, past few years, have had one of the best defenses in football, but they're getting old. Khalil Mack getting up there in age, you know, Hakeem Nix getting up there in age, and they just cut their best cornerback in Kyle Fuller, who headed over to Denver to reunite with Vic Vangio. But I think the offense is going to struggle this year. Besides Allen Robinson, there's not a lot of weapons for them. Offensive line is kind of patchwork, and the defense, like I said, getting older, getting slower, and I just think the Bears aren't going to be that good this year. Their only saving grace would be if Justin Fields played a few games, but I think Dalton will definitely start the season, unfortunately, and probably play the first, I want to say quarter of the season, first four games, and then Justin Fields gets the reins, and he'll have 13 games to get his NFL feet wet. And then 2022 will be the season Bears fans look forward to as the Justin Fields era will really start then. Coming in last place in the NFC North, I mean, same record as the Bears, the Detroit Lions will probably go 3-14. and 14. Some notable additions for the Lions include quarterback Jared Goff, defensive tackle Michael Brockers, running back Jamal Williams, cornerback Quentin Dunbar, and their first-round pick, offensive tackle Penay Sewell. Some notable losses for the Lions, and these are some pretty notable losses. Quarterback Matt Stafford, wide receiver Kenny Galladay, wide receiver Marvin Jones, and linebacker Gerard Davis. The Lions are in the first year of a total franchise overhaul. Uh, They recently hired first-time head coach Dan Campbell, who's going to look to bring a lot of energy to this team. He's if you've ever watched any of his press conferences, I mean, the guy just has a fire under his butt. He's always, always fired up. And, uh, you know, sometimes these, these kinds of coaches work out in the NFL. Sometimes, uh, most of the time, they flame out. So, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. They got a new starting quarterback after the Jared Goff trade. You know, they sent Matt Stafford over to the Rams, got some first-round picks in return. And they'll look to be at least competitive this year. The defense should be a step up. Offense will definitely be a step down. When you're going from Matt Stafford to Jared Goff, there's going to be some drop-off, especially without wide receiver Kenny Galladay, who was such a focal point of that Lions offense. But, you know, the future is bright. They got a couple first-round picks in the upcoming drafts, and, you know, this is going to be a long-term rebuild for the Lions as they finally try to get this team right for the first time in decades. 
And that's going to do it for the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast for today. I've been waiting all summer for the for the Jets' final 53-man roster. We finally have it, even though there's going to be some more moves made before week one, in my opinion. You know, Douglas is always looking to better this roster, so I wouldn't be surprised if there were a few more pickups, a few more cuts along the way before the Jets finally kick off week one against Carolina. But there's still some time before that, so... We're going to be getting some more episodes out before the season starts. Hopefully going to be able to, to finish the full season predictions before the season starts. I have a whole week to get the AFC West and NFC West done and the, the NFC and AFC South for that matter. So thank you guys for tuning in. This has been a Breath of Fresh Jets podcast, and I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to the Breath of Fresh Jets with Charlie Badweaver.